0: Welcome into another episode of the Outside the Lions podcast. I am your favorite co-host, Newt. Um, I will be joined shortly by everyone's least favorite co-host, Mason. Um, We got a great jam-packed episode for you guys. We will be talking the Cyhawk game. We apologize. We know it's been a while, but it is a cyclone state and we're definitely ready to dance on some Hawkeye graves. So, Followed by that, we got a little Cheez-It Bowl preview as the game is very close and it has one of the best sponsors um, in, in Cheez-It. We'll have a little giveaway on our page as well, so stay tuned for for that. And then lastly, we're going to hop into a little Iowa State Baylor preview, um, Battle of the Unbeatens, and a little bit of some some holiday segments, you know, um, some Christmas stuff and uh, New Year's resolutions. And as always... Before we get into things, we would like to give a shout out to our boy, Ben, um, and BNC Fieldhouse. If you're in Ames, there is no better place to get a drink, get some amazing burgers, food, um, and just enjoy watching the big game there. Best drink deals on Welch. And with that, let's hop into our jam-packed episode.
1: And we are going to first start, finally, with our recap of the Hawk game, Dilly Dilly, the outdated term, is coming back because it's finally a cyclone state again. Right, new? Woo!
0: I'm out on dilly dilly. I'm just gonna I'm gonna No, I, I'm it. not a
1: big fan of Dilly Dilly either. Didn't
0: really like it when it was a thing, too. Um no. But dude, yeah, man. It's been a little bit. It felt nice though, dude. I so I, I got to tell you that I got to watch it with a couple of Hawk fans, too. And it was just I was nervous the entire time. Like, Satisfying, you know, just. You never know what's truly going to happen. And I'm not going to say anything like definitive till the final whistle. But it was just a nice, relaxing second half and, and cruising to the victory. And, and this team is just for real. I mean, that Iowa team was averaging almost 90 points coming into it. And they got held to 53 points. Like 53 points. And they were hard-earned. Like, they really had to work for those 53 points. And that's just what this team does. Oh, yeah. And I love it. And we've talked about it. It's been mentioned. You know, we haven't cheered on a lot of Iowa State teams where their strength has been the defensive end. It's it's really been offensive firepower, and you hope you can get some stops defensively. But I, I love you know sort of the the 180 that this team dynamic has because it keeps them in like every game, and it's been so effective. And they've just shut down a lot of teams with phenomenal energy and effort on the defensive end, and you know it. It resonated and was there in the Skyhawks series. Hilton was rocking. I, I got to give a shout out to Hilton. It was, it, you could hear it was so loud on TV. It was fantastic, and it was it was so much fun to watch. Brockington too. Like he, he, oh my gosh, when we needed a bucket, the man got a bucket. And there were certain yeah. times where you know, especially in the first half, when you know things got a little stagnant on the offensive end for us, or we were just kind of going back and forth, not really getting a lot of great looks and stuff. And Brockington would just pull and and get us much needed points. And he, I mean, he's really proven to be kind of the man on this team right now. And it was fantastic to watch. So that's kind of my, Oh yeah. My three week old reaction here, but you know, I mean, still loving it. Keegan
1: Murray did nothing. Yeah. The the entire thing was just great. And, And it's, we this has just been the the tale we've been telling all season long just that we're not used to defense like i don't really know how to react like when we you know drop only 49 points and still uh scrape by a team and by like 12 points who was that we we beat some team after Iowa. i don't even remember the name
0: jackson state yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're telling me that we're beating a That's team the most a team by double digits <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But that's, what's so weird about it. Like we just play such good defense. It allows you to be in every single game. Whereas previously we had to be in every single game by shooting lights out and that can get tiresome. Obviously you're going to have off shooting nights, nice, but this allows us to win these games that are, you know, stiffer competition. And I will say this, dude, Isaiah Brockington. Oh, he is so much fun to watch. He is a mix between, Dustin Hogue, and a little bit of Deontay Burton. He's just a spark plug, but he, he, he can shoot super well. I don't know who it was on, but he had that little spin move, that step back jumper was on McCaffrey. right in that, that was guy's face. I thought it was McCaffrey. I thought it was McCaffrey. Be- okay, let me say this too. Whenever there's any athlete doing any sort of spin move, they're incorporating it in any sort of way, whether it's basketball, football, soccer, even I guess baseball, if that is the thing, I automatically think you're insanely good. Like if you can successfully incorporate a spin move in athletics, you are already very good at that sport. And on top of that, just broke his ankles, nailed the jump shot right in his face. It wasn't even a three. He didn't even need the three points. It was just, it was beautiful. Everything was poetic. Fran McCaffrey had his classic red face on the entire game. It was just great. It was awesome. And I don't know, are we back to saying, it's a cyclone state. Is that too much to, too much to say right now?
0: I mean, we got the sweep. We, we won women's basketball and men's basketball. Those are the most uh, like recent sports. So yeah, it's a cyclone state. It'd be nice if, mm-hmm. if football could get on the board because it's been too long, but we don't need to go down that route yet. Um, we're not going to go simply, down that rabbit hole. No. I mean, we're going to talk about football. So that's why I was like, we're not going to go down that route yet. Um, but we're not gonna go down the sidehawk mm-hmm. route of football, I guess. But I'll happily talk about the side route of basketball. So um because well, that one seems to be a little positive for us. I
1: totally agree. And we beat like the overall Psyhawk Sci matchup for that week. We beat them 191 to 79. We we more than doubled their points. We just ass kicked them the entire week. Um, again, missed wrestling. David Carr is still such a beast though. So we're we're good there. Um, I don't know, it's it just feels great. Tell me why this is. Whenever I watch Alias Kunsch play, I think he's our most important player. I don't have any statistics or really any valid reasoning to back that up. For whatever reason, I just watch him play and all the effort he gives, all the rebounds and just he always knows where to be on the court. I just think, you know what? Something about that guy. He might not be our best player, but there's something to say about his importance. It, have you ever heard that argument like oh he's not our best player he's just our most important player like i don't know why do i feel that way about alias kunz
0: because it's like the glue guys that do a lot of the small things that when it's clicking you you don't it doesn't like show up in the stat sheet like it's not going to be like oh like he had an amazing box out or like he did this that allows someone to get a rebound or you know he was energy and that kind of stuff where it doesn't always translate to when you're looking at at a box score, but then when he's off or maybe not performing to what's like kind of expected, you notice, you're like, what is this team lacking? Like they're not cohesive right now. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of his um, sort of hold on the team is like, he's going to come in and, and provide that spark um be high energy um and and do a lot of the little things that really help you know make the game easier for everyone else too and, and that's you know like i said you can't really quantify it but it's it's obviously extremely important so
1: absolutely and then i mean just the entire game the student section was chanting overrated to no, an unranked iowa team. it wasn't overrated no
0: it, oh, well, was, that would be hilarious they were, no they were chanting one more year to Bohannon. Okay.
1: Well, shout out to Bohannon. We thought the same thing too. Over TV,
0: it it sounded like it.
1: Well, I thought, Um, I just thought it was funny because you're chanting overrated to an unranked Iowa team. That's like kicking, kicking them when they're down. I thought that was a clever move, but if it was about Bohannon, I'll segue over to him. So clapped up for Bohannon. He had the most points on Iowa's team. However, they still lost by 20. And, And I just think that's hilarious. Like, He was their leading scorer and they lose by 20. It just goes to show if you run any sort of your offense through that guy, you're going to lose. It's almost a guarantee. So uh, yeah, shout out to him. He he got his, he got his, thank you for the memories, Jordan Bohannon. We will certainly, certainly miss you to uh, a certain extent. Oh, also he, he blew a kiss with six minutes into the game. That was hilarious. That
0: that was ridiculous. Um, I will say, I I think that his sort of playing heel and the rivalry is great. I think it's what makes fans and everyone else get up for it. I I really respected his quote after it, where he talked about He's like, yeah, like I, I got what I deserved. Like, you know, they, we know that there's no love lost between us, but we respect each other. Like we talk shit going into it and they, they were the better team tonight and, and beat us and stuff like that. And, you know, that's what you want in rivalries. It was, it was, he was having fun, good, clean fun. I still think like the shoe thing was ridiculous. Cause he didn't even score points in that game. Um, I believe that, or he had, he literally had two points. Um, so like, I just don't I think, know yeah. how, you, how you I don't could know if he him. had a
1: field goal.
0: Yeah. I don't know how you could in good faith. Like, put your shoes on a court where like you Larry, didn't really contribute too much anyways um so it, it, it's definitely like you know that that's the beauty of sports too like it, it was good fun like him and george neighing like ribbing each other on twitter and stuff mm-hmm. before and after it's always really good to see and you know these guys play ball together like outside of it and and you know they know it's important for the state of iowa and all this kind of stuff so um you know it's obviously nice to give him the l um but i thought he he handled it really well the student section obviously um you know drilled into him which if i was in the student section i i happily would have too so i'm, I'm, I'm glad that it. they yeah glad he did it he also airballed during the game so he got some airball chance which was always awesome mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's it's what make rivalries great you know you, you gotta have heels you gotta have people who you know put a little, pull gas on the fire and, and reignite it and stuff. And, you know, it's ended up good for the cyclone So that's, that's always good. I I always like it when art, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't like to be the one that gives the other team the motivation, like saying quotes or anything like that. I don't think we have, I totally agree coaches right now who allow for that kind of culture or, or thing to really happen you know i obviously know it can still happen with players saying stuff but um it feels like a lot of it's just like hey we're gonna just you know business decision and, and focus in on it but, but yeah, yeah um just great the entire great game
1: the entire game was a business trip in Ames. you know they usually say oh business trip when you're the visiting team but no it, it felt like iowa state was there on a business trip we were up by uh, i think we were up by over 20 at half And we did not. We continued to. Okay, well, either way. Like we were in control of the game the entire time. And usually sometimes what I see in Iowa State basketball is when you get comfortable, they make you uncomfortable, but that's not what happened. We continue to dig the knife deeper and continue to twist it harder to eventually send those Hawkeyes home, knowing that it's a Cyclone state. It was not even competitive. Keegan Murray, I might've said this earlier, didn't have a single point in that first half. Uh, Jordan Bohannon, I will say, I don't hate you as much when we're beating you. So yeah, no, good for the rivalry. I'm a big fan of you when you blow our student section a kiss six minutes into the game before real any or any real lead has been solidified. So that was very entertaining. Thank you for the memories, Jordan Bohannon. One more year. One more year. One more year. No. He
0: can go. He He can go. He can go. Yeah, he needs to. Man's too old for Iowa City, too. He goes out to like. He goes out in Iowa City like ten years older than people at this point.
1: Well, I, I mean, speaking of which, everyone that goes out in Iowa City, you don't know if they're actually fourteen or twenty-one. So,
0: like The nineteen-year-old um, bar limit, man. It's it's a mm-hmm. a whole other animal over there in Iowa City. <laughs> so,
1: oh, uh, one more bad thing. Not this is a good thing, but kind of a bad thing. It was the very first CyHawk game, and I didn't realize it until halftime. I wasn't wearing any sort of Iowa State gear. I, that had to have been the first time. Well, well, hear me out. That had to have been the first time since I was in college, and I don't think we beat Iowa when I was in college except for my freshman year. So maybe it's one of those things where I can't wear Cyclone gear during CyHawk matchups because we won, obviously, and we haven't been winning in the past. So I don't know. I think I might, I might try it out for the next game. If come a uh, Seahawks football, I am not wearing Iowa State gear and we lose, then I'm officially dumping that. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing for me. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious.
0: Dude, I have this exact Iowa State sweatshirt. That every fucking time I've worn it on the day of an Iowa State game, I I honestly think we ha- we lose we I, we maybe have like a 0. 0.25 win percentage with it. It's so crazy, and I've like started now to rotate it where I only wear it on like non game days because I'm like it cannot be part of the game day lineup anymore. Because every time I like put it on, I'm just like we fucking lose. <laughs> so I, I totally feel that. I I I have the same thing when I like pack for for iowa state games and stuff like i'm like oh yeah like we we won in this polo last summer or or like the sweatshirt's got like a two-game winning streak you know <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so in closing great time to be a cyclone it is a cyclone state don't let your iowa friends tell you that oh we're still six and 0 we're still six zero. no because it's basketball season it's a cyclone state we're moving on to the bowl game preview, Cheez It Bowl, Mr. Cheez It. Tell me how you're. Tell me how you're feeling. What's your gut feeling on the Cheez It Bowl, Mr.
0: Cheez It? Um. Well, thank you for the title of Mr. Cheez It. Um. To touch upon that, new novelties. We'll be doing a little giveaway on Twitter, so please stay tuned to our social media for it. <laughs> I uh, had a busy holiday season this year with my Cheez It jewelry, and we'll be giving away some. Prizes to some Iowa State fans. Um, that hopefully they'll, they'll rock some cheese of jewelry. Um, after this hopeful bowl victory that we get on Wednesday. But with that, how I'm feeling about it, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> this, I feel like this, <laughs> I have my, my gut feeling in bowl games has always been so wrong that at this point, I'm. I need to start like fading myself and I think that we're going to lose barely. So I don't even know what that means to fade that. I I just, I think that the loss of Brees and I think with how good Clemson's defense already is, that it's just going to be a tough transition for this Iowa state team and offense to maybe move the ball um as effectively as they would want and it might put a little bit more strain on our defense um i mean the over under in this game is 44 points so they are not expecting um a lot of points to be scored and um you know clemson and us have two of the the better defensive units in the nation so i i expect those two to to really control it and it will be a game of Turnovers and kind of big plays. And I think that maybe leans a little bit more to Clemson just because of the fact that we're going to be missing the main component of our offense in breeze Hall. Um, and obviously, Drill, uh, Drill, Brock is a, uh, oh, gosh, can't speak. Dr- is it Jirel? Is gyro Is Yeah. Yes. Jirel Brock is a great fill in and we're very excited to see what he can do. But, um, He's No. Breeze Hall, so that is just the state of of what it is. And when you lose the best running back in college football, your offense is probably going to take a step back. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, you know, it's going to be a game where a lot is going to be on on Brock Purdy's shoulders, um, and it's it's really going to test him going against one of the best defensive units. And I just I think that Clemson might be able to eke it out due to being just a slightly very slightly better football team and and probably a football team that's been playing a little better to close the season clemson clemson got off to a rough start but kind of cruised along towards the end of the year um meanwhile iowa state you know kind of had some not so great showings towards the end of the year um and and that's just kind of the the state's uh, state of the program but i don't know how are you feeling
1: I've kind of actually, I've flip-flopped a little bit. Um, And and, you know, our last episode, I was saying, I thought the spread would even be in favor of Clemson for over a touchdown. Um, I've done a little bit more digging and I feel a lot more confident about the game. Uh, And I do also just want to point out, Kolar is going to be playing. Mike Rose is going to be playing, or at least there hasn't been any announcement that they're sitting out. So really the only person we're going to be missing is Brees Hall. And I thought we were going to be missing all three of those, which I think completely changes around uh, the tone of our offense and defense. When you have, like you mentioned, you're missing Brees. It's going to hurt the offense a little bit, but I mean, I feel most confident losing Brees. Like I, I don't, I think Brees is slightly more, this is a terrible take, and I know that people are probably going to remove the context from it. But I think J- Jirel can replace Brees a lot better than someone can replace Mike Rose. When Mike Rose is not on that field, our entire defense—it just—it really just looks like we're almost running around with a chick, like a chicken with their head cut off. Uh, maybe I'm being a little dramatic, but I feel a lot more confident from a defensive standpoint having Rose there. Kolar has been. Huge for, poor, for Purdy, uh, especially in the later end of the season. So I'm feeling a lot more confident. Now, here, here's kind of what I think is a weird dynamic, because Clemson's ranked ninth overall, and Iowa State is ranked 10th overall in total defense, right? So Iowa State is 29th total offensive, t- or excuse me, they're ranked 29th for offensive total touchdowns with uh, Clemson at 17. But Iowa State has allowed 32 total touchdowns as opposed to Clemson's 21. So, you know, you see the total defense, they're neck and neck. Maybe that's a little bit more attributed to the Big 12 style of play versus, you know, ACC. I'm not necessarily sure, but I think Clemson might have a little bit more of a a step up on us. One stat that I thought was really interesting, though, is um, Iowa State is ranked second nationally in red zone offense in Clemson's defense. Is ranked second nationally in the red zone as well. So when Iowa State has the ball within the twenty yard line, it could get really interesting. I have no idea how that's necessarily going to go, um, but my gosh, I, I'm a little nervous. It's it's kind of like my my lame Iowa game preview. Clemson is second in overall scoring defense. So my thing is, if they have a, a defensive touchdown, we I don't think we're winning that game. If we can eliminate if we can hold them to just offensive scoring, so no special teams blunders, no defensive scoring, then I I like our chances on this game, and I, I would pick us to win it. Overall, I don't know. I I, I still think DJ Ungalele is pretty damn good, even though he has nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. I just think I just don't think he's even tapped his potential. Maybe it's a new offensive coordinator. I don't know. But one thing about Clemson, they have stuck it to their teams toward the end of the year. You know, I think I rattled them off last time we we had our, our episode, but they beat South Carolina by 30, 30 to nothing, you know, beat a good Wake Forest team, 48-27. But that is a convincing win. Connecticut isn't that great, 44-7. to um, and, and, you know, they're, they're, playing, they're playing good, tough football toward the end of the season. I think it just took them a little while to get there because their new offensive coordinator. I don't know. I still have a lot of respect for Dabo Swinney. Like I said, I think DJ is a hell of a player. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how I feel about my final score prediction either, though. But has the line moved at all? I was. I was going to ask you that because I thought it had moved since, but maybe it hasn't.
0: It opened as I was. It was favored minus one, and now it's Clemson minus one and a half. Okay.
1: I don't know how I'd pick that honestly. I. I think the lines are pretty accurate. I was. I was way off last time, but um. Yeah, after doing some digging, I think our defense, with Mike Rose. Is probably going to perform well enough to at least keep it competitive. Without Mike Rose, I think I think that they would have a I think they would have a lot better success than than people would realize. I don't know. I got a weird feeling.
0: Yeah, I, I think the other thing too that, um, you know, kind of makes me feel a little bit better or, or makes me lean I would say maybe a little bit more is the fact that Clemson's going to be without both of their uh, coordinators because they took head coaching jobs. And so you're kind of filling these new people that are taking over big, big roles in your offensive and defensive coordinator for one game. Um, and that's just asking a lot for Davos Sweeney and like his coaching staff. You know, Brent Venables is now at Oklahoma. Um, and then the other offensive coordinator for Clemson took the Virginia job, I believe. So that, that's just really big. I mean, like if. <laughs> Just imagine from the Iowa State perspective, if if Matt Campbell had to go into this game without Tom Manning and um, John Heacock and just prep for a game, you know that's that's definitely not uh, an easy task to do for a coaching staff this late in the year or anything like that. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of been one of the bigger things that, that make me feel like Iowa State could could definitely pull us off. I, like I said, I ju- I just really think it's going to be. Um, it's going to be re- pretty hard for both of these offenses to generate points. Um, it, I, I really like, as we say, this, it's it's now going to be like a 30 plus 30 plus, like somehow match up here um, where just like the defenses don't show up, but it, it just, it feels like it's going to come down to who doesn't kind of fuck up offensively, who doesn't put their defense in a bad position. And I just feel like I would maybe have to lean that one a little bit more to to Clemson's advantage just because of our special team, like special teams is is definitely included in that one so I, I think like uh, with our special teams and and maybe sort of um you know just not having Brees it, it's you know that's the biggest he's the best player probably uh, between the two teams and and he's not gonna be playing mm-hmm. so that's just you know really hard um I do agree with your your statement of like the replacement of, of Brock uh, like Jaro coming in for Brees, I don't think is as big of a like step down as maybe some other key positions, but I still just do think that you know having Brees to lean on is you know amazing, and and not having that's just going to be hard on this offense to to adjust and change for one game, so. Like I said, I, yeah. I've I've always been awful in all my bowl games. I seriously thought that they were gonna be really competitive with Notre Dame a couple of years ago, and they just got like shit pumped um, in that game. So I always like never know um, what to what to feel or, or how it's gonna kind of play out. I guess so. I, I guess it's good that I feel that Clemson's maybe gonna handle this one or, or you know get the victory, but. Um, I do think you're going to get a great fight from Iowa State because that's that's what this team's done all year, and you know it's it's going to be another great Iowa State nail biter, one score type deal, um, mm-hmm. and and that I would probably guarantee on. But I just I think it might be a little bit too tall of a, a task for them to to maybe overcome Clemson in the bowl game. But it's I'm I'm super excited. It, it's uh it's going to be a great matchup. I was actually reading a couple articles, and the first article opened up of like if you told Clemson and I Iowa State that they were going to play in a bowl game this year at the start of the season, they thought it'd be in the College Football Playoff. <laughs> and I was like, "That's exactly what I said when I saw this shit." So not it's the, the only consolation one that bowl. That. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's it's the uh, underachievement bowl. <laughs> if we want to yeah. be <laughs> if we want to be brutally honest, like they could rename it to that, um, and that is what it is. But hey. So have fun let's hopefully eat some celebratory cheese it's and you know like have a good time down in Orlando and and you know roll clones we know Cyclone Nation is gonna be there You're gonna be loud and proud and oh yeah cheering their asses off so that's uh
1: I did want to I did want to get one more thing out there I think our offensive line is gonna have a long day I mean Clemson ranks fourth nationally in sacks um I don't know I don't know. I, I mean, we saw what what West Virginia's defensive line did to us, and and I mean, you know, as, as much of a, a fluky game that that West Virginia one was, the thing that wasn't a fluke was their defensive line against our offensive line. So, I think Clemson's better than West Virginia. I think they could give us a long game. Could be really tough on Brock and Brock. Oh my gosh, that's fun. <laughs> we have a we have a Brock backfield.
0: That's really yeah, cool. Brock, I feel.
1: Um, I I also one player to watch Andrew Booth cornerback is super, super talented, probably the, or if not one of the best cornerbacks in the nation, he's going to be facing Xavier Hutchinson. So I don't know. I I think Xavier will still, you know, get, get a few nice plays against him, but he might, he might very well take Xavier out of the game. I really think the person to watch on our offensive end is Charlie Kolar. So (laughs) thank you, Kolar for coming and playing this game. My goodness but uh that 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 will be a very interesting matchup between Booth and Hutchinson. So watch out for those guys. Before we move on, uh what are your win, loss or score predictions for this game?
0: Um final score prediction, I will say 21-20 Clemson.
1: Oh, okay. I'm going 17-20 Clemson. Okay. Pretty boring. I almost <laughs> said
0: 21-17.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, neither of us want either of those to come true because points and also Clemson. So that's not fun either. I really hope this will be a fun game. I, not as fun as the 2018 bowl because we can't have that much fun where we're throwing nine interceptions in one game. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it'll be one of those. It'll just be a great performance. It might end up being who who has the ball last type game. Um but, Damn it, it's, it's cool to watch Dabo and Matt Campbell kind of have their little uh bro fest already. Have you seen those? Yeah, you've seen those pictures with them at, at uh Disney World's at the theme park. Is it what yeah. is it? What's what is Florida? Is it Disney World or Disneyland?
0: Dude, you're absolutely the wrong, person. I've never been to yeah, Florida, whatever, so. whatever. Um, but uh, I'm not a Disney adult, so um, but yeah, no, it's been awesome. I mean, the, these two programs have. Ties Clemson has come and like watched Iowa State in the spring and has worked with our, our staff on like specifically how to run defensively and all, of, all this kind of stuff. And both these, you know, head coaches have sort of built up these programs to where they are. Clemson wasn't, you know, terribly successful or nowhere, obviously nowhere near the level that they've been. Like I've been seeing a bunch of stuff where it's like, this is Clemson has a shot to win 10 games. Ten plus games for the eleventh straight season, and that's like all Davo. Um, so they're obviously, you know, gonna want to try and do that. I know Davo's gonna want to do that, and um, but yeah, both both these head coaches like really respect each other. We saw the them riding the the roller coaster rides and stuff <laughs> like that, um, and, and I think that they they both definitely respect the sort of programs that they've built at their respective spots, and. Um, and yeah, it'll. It, it's. It, I'm. I'm super excited for the bowl. Like, I, I. I. don't think I could have picked a better or more kind of like, um, exciting opponent than this when looking through bowl predictions and stuff. It's like, wow, if we could get Clemson, it that'd feels, be really cool. Um,
1: yeah, and, and it, it feels like it like would be a right level where playing too. field.
0: Yeah, like.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I think everyone with Iowa State and who's watched it this year, like we've we've seen this team play very fucking good like we've we what they did against oklahoma state for homecoming was a fantastically like played ball game and stuff like that and we've seen them play at a very high level and so i think that we know that like this team's capable of that and having an opponent like clemson who's you know maybe on a little bit of a down because they lost a lot of talent and stuff but it's still a very high level Mm -hmm. program and a big name and that's um you know we we want that challenge, you know. You want to be put in the same uh, breath as as Clemson at this point, in, you know, twenty twenty one college football, that kind of stuff. So definitely, definitely, super excited for it, and um, you know, happy that you know certain seniors are are playing. I, I'm happy and sad. Um, I, I just you know no injuries as always. That's that's what we want. But I'm really glad that they're going to suit up for their final game in a Cyclone uniform. It obviously helps us potentially try and get a victory here but um yeah it should be it should be a really good game i i think you know it's it's probably mm-hmm. one of the better matchups of like the non new york six and uh college football playoff and, and that kind of stuff bowl games that you know these are two teams that probably didn't underperformed a little bit but have talent and have probably played at times like some top teams in the nation and you know maybe we'll Hopefully, get a performance from Iowa State that shows that hey, there's a reason why they were you know kind of a consensus top ten team uh, heading into the season. But
1: absolutely, well, if you're going to Orlando, please cheer hard for us. Um, damn it, we're jealous. We really wish we could be there. Should be a really good game. Really looking forward to it. Man, it'll be a good one. Four forty-five on Wednesday, and uh, we will segue on over to the Iowa State Baylor men's basketball game, which will probably total. I don't know, 28 points. (laughs) I think Iowa state's probably going to win at 19 to 17. (laughs) It's going to be a gritty ass game though. I mean, whatever the over under is, you can just hammer the under on it because it is going to be a defensive battle. If this ends up being a shootout, I'm I'll, I'll do something. I'll do something. If you want me to do something, we can, I just feel that confident. It's going to, it's going to be a very slow moving game and just, completely grit fest you know who wants it more i'm so pumped for it
0: i'm really excited for it um i was gonna try and go to the game um it's sold out and resale is crazy expensive right now so i don't think that's gonna happen but i'm also kind of upset that Students aren't going to be there. I feel like this happens to us every damn year that the Big 12, like, schedules us a big-ass game. Whether I think Kansas the last two years, like, or two of the last three years has been at home super early on when students are still on break. And it's so annoying because they bring so much to Hilton. I'm sorry, but just, like, you don't have a student section. The atmosphere is totally different. We have one of the, you know, I'm going to say, like, one of the best student sections probably in college basketball, one of the best atmospheres when it's bumping and that's in large part to the student section. And that's just not going to be there. And I, you know, not trying to like make excuses or anything like that, but that can just be a really big boost in game. That can be something that helps out momentum or or whatever. Um, And so you know hopefully Hillen will still be rocking i'm sure people will be tuned and everything like that but I, I do wish that we could get them you know when the students are back in session uh, whenever that is probably like the following week but it's gonna be a great game um i'm super excited i uh you know this team is playing with house money i'm gonna keep saying that the entire year because that's just how i feel with them like i didn't expect to be this excited or get this much joy from the basketball team throughout the entire season already. So like, that's where it's at. Um, And, you know, eventually they're going to have a hiccup or whatever. It's, it's college basketball. It's the big 12, like big 12 is really damn good this year. Uh, It's going to be a grind Mm -hmm. and this is a huge test. And so, like, whatever happens, happens. But I'm excited. Like, these two teams are going to grind it out. It's going to be really hard to earn two points in this game. Like, they're, they're really going to oh, make yeah. each other work for it. That's what Baylor does. Baylor's climbed up to the number one team in the nation, um, rightfully so. One of five teams that are undefeated. So, it'll, it'll go down to mm-hmm. four no matter what there. And, you
1: well, know. Well, I was just going to say we're one of five undefeated teams iowa state and baylor you would imagine that we're probably going to be the game of the week well espn still has us on ESPN. U. <laughs> I mean small step up from espn plus i guess
0: i hate those guys i hate ESPN. dude they didn't even <laughs> send announcers to the iowa state game yeah were, that's right remote announcing
1: well did you see so I think that they were supposed to be advertised that way. And then once uh everyone, you know, erupted on the internet, you can't have a – or you gotta have the commentators at the game, like especially Cyhawk. That is I, I felt bad for them at first, but then I saw a Fran took a picture and I guess he was at the game and he just wasn't supposed to tell anyone. But yeah, he tweeted about it, his picture in the uh in the stands. And he said, Shh, don't tell anyone, but I'm here. So <laughs> thank you, Fran, for making it to Hilton and making it a little bit more normal. But yeah, that was so weird. I mean, I get COVID's like a big thing. Also, everyone, please stay healthy, especially the Iowa State football team for uh, their upcoming bowl game, because COVID is hitting like a bitch. So, yeah, you, I'm sure everyone plays fantasy football and has been living on the waiver wire like me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope that no sort of late game cancellation happens because we're, we're seeing it pop up um, especially because they, they test them like right before the game and everything like that. And that's just what's been killing and canceling a, a lot of these games. So hopefully these guys get to play the last game. Um, you know, they've done a really good job throughout the year. And even last year, like I feel like we had been one of the most COVID conscious and and really good about not having too many crazy outbreaks or anything like that within our our team. So hopefully we're all still being smart, but yeah, I mean, there's a new strand of COVID that is um, way more contagious. So it's, it's making a lot harder on a lot of individuals. So, but yeah. Big year uh, for the
1: Greek letters though.
0: Yeah. Back in the spotlight man.
1: Delta variant now Omicron.
0: Yeah. We're going to just cycle through them all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, So moving on. Merry Christmas, everyone. We are going to talk about Christmas miracles or lack thereof. So I would say a good Christmas miracle is, I don't know, um, getting through the holidays without talking politics, right? That's a Christmas miracle. So we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about at least one thing that would have been a Christmas miracle if we got through the holidays, but we didn't. So, Newt, do you have one? For what was not a Christmas miracle?
0: Ooh, not a Christmas, a Christmas
1: miracle that did not come true.
0: No, you go first.
1: All right. My Christmas miracle was, I kind of brought it up earlier. Um, you just said one that's not it's a cyclone stake. <laughs> no, this this one did not come true. So okay. it is a cyclone stake. Iowa State basketball, throttled Iowa, as we already covered. And, you know, I thought that because that happened, my friends weren't going to talk about Sci Hawk. I, w- I honestly wasn't going to bring it up. I did not bring up Cyhawk to any of my friends because I still know that at the very back of my, or at the very back of my head, I know that they have 6-0 in football. So I wasn't going to, th- I thought it was just going to be a wash, right? No, they brought up Cy Hawk on their own accord, which I naturally said, oh, ha ha, Cyclone State, we beat you guys by 20, you guys suck. Um, and... They curtailed the argument to football six and zero, and I just think that's just so lame. Like if we're in the season, then you, you kind of have to let the other team have their bragging rights, right? So until football season kicks off September something of next year, it's a cyclone state, and it very obviously is. Again, we beat them one ninety one to like eighty something. So I just wanted to throw that out out? it out there.
0: It's not one ninety one to eighty something.
1: I Well, the, the last time I just said that, I just threw that number out. Yes, it was. I just mentioned it, dude. The CyHawk week, we killed them. That's what we talked about earlier. One. Okay, I'll pull it up Like again. the women's
0: and men's basketball score combined? Women's,
1: men's basketball, and wrestling all combined. We and in
0: wrestling. Was,
1: well, isn't there some weird point system there with wrestling?
0: No. The women's team only won by like nine. We and we beat them by like 20.
1: That doesn't make any sense. What are, Swimming and diving. Swimming and diving. All the extra points. It's 191. Okay. I to, told you. Seahawk overall, we killed him. We, yeah, right. dude. Are you okay. kidding me? Of course I'm going to talk about that. All right. You have to So we that. killed you guys. We killed you guys, you Hawkeyes. And don't bring up 6-0 until football season comes back around. Otherwise, it's just a lazy argument. That's my rant. End rant. Dead okay. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> oh, oh gosh okay well that was a one big fail of a segment liam yeah, cut that, is... that out <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's move on to new year's resolutions i guess make me look <laughs> like an asshole what's your New Year's resolution
0: oh gosh um... besides
1: getting jacked because that's everyone's <laughs>
0: um my new year's resolution this year is to become a morning person
1: oh that's actually kind of mine
0: copycat um yeah oh, okay. i i started a little bit okay i also am in the camp of like you don't need a new year to like start shit like just like wake up and start fucking doing it <laughs> not, <laughs> not trying to sound like a hardo there but it's just like you don't need to wait like a month or something to Be to like oh i'm gonna start working out it's just like you could just do it right now um whatever anyways true. so i always kind of take new year's resolutions as like kind of a joke like one year is like to watch one new movie a month i did not achieve that i don't watch movies um but whatever. yeah i want to that's become funny. a morning person um that's probably the biggest one like i just i feel like um i'm way more productive and usually have better days when i wake up earlier and I haven't been as consistent with it lately. So I had a good one of I didn't want sports to affect my emotions as much. That was um, two years ago, pre-COVID. And I've done a really good job with that one. I actually you have actually done have. such a good job with it that. You were
1: insufferable two years ago.
0: I would agree. Um, <laughs> and it's been a great life change. So that's that's probably where that at, is at. And then probably like read a book once a month or something like that. I usually already read a fair amount, but I uh, I would like to be more consistent that's such a
1: <laughs> That's such a cop-out answer. Read a book, floss every day, just something I that floss you know you're probably going to do for maybe a month. Really? Yeah. I, I So two years ago, I said, I'm not going to do the resolution of just an, an unattainable resolution. I'm, I'm really against those. I want to do something that's attainable. So what did I do? Floss once a week, which for me is huge because I I lost like once a month. I, I at one point I flossed probably twice a year. You floss so, the day
0: before you go to the dentist.
1: Yeah, I was one of those guys. <laughs> so so essentially, I, I did once a week, and it was so attainable. And I actually did it for like the the first half year. Then I'm I'm sure I I screwed it up somewhere. But yeah, I, I like setting New Year's resolutions that are attainable. My New Year's resolution that's attainable for 2022 is not 100% relying on Twitter for stats and uh, information that I believe to be facts and actually going and fact-checking myself because this probably happened like six... No, probably... It's probably happened dozens of times and I probably haven't even caught myself. It's probably happened dozens of times on this podcast where I'll say something that I got from Twitter and either I, I didn't read the full context of it. Cause I'm just a moron like that. And, and I get caught with egg on my face or I actually go and I fact check it and I look really smart. And so I, am going to take the latter moving forward um, just because yeah, I, I, I want to not rely on Twitter for stats and information, which is what I tell everyone all the time, but I don't take my own advice. So My New Year's resolution is that.
0: That's a good New Year's resolution. I think everyone could uh, – fact-checking could be a good one for everyone at this point
1: unfortunately it shouldn't be a new year's resolution it should just be just just do that
0: just yeah. don't
1: don't ever don't ever just rely on twitter and instagram well
0: and this is what i'm saying about any new year's resolution like you don't need to wait for the new year to start this resolution like you could start this now like you could start fact checking now if i you did to. start
1: this now i, I fact checked this entire episode <laughs> and i still screwed up so that's true it's hard man it's hard so i'm gonna try and be better at that um and liam if you feel so inclined feel free to drop your new year's resolution in here too liam's new year's Um, resolution
0: is to hop on a podcast before 2023
1: (laughs) liam's new year's resolution is to still maintain a super producer title by actually producing our episodes do you think speaking of which do you think he's gonna get this far do you think liam if you get this far Put um, put an air horn and no, a cyclone siren because I'm episode. the one
0: who has to edit it, and then it, it requires me to do more work.
1: <laughs> All right, Liam. Next time you edit it, throw throw an air horn in there somewhere, and I'll and I'll believe you. I'll believe that you actually listen to it through.
0: I'm not putting an air horn in this one. I, it's I'm not downloading the air air horn sound again just to put it in this one because you want me. You want Liam to do it, though. I'm gonna be the one doing it.
1: You have so much cloud space taken up that you can't download an error horn to throw it in a podcast okay do you
0: you you've never been able to edit one in your life every time you try and edit you're like hey guys can someone fix this (laughs) and i'm like all right i'll download it and edit it really quick and get it thrown up so you cannot say shit right now buddy I
1: went 99% of the way there on the last one, aside from, um, it posting it with the metronome, that that's, that's stayed on there for three days until, until we got it posted. So if you were one of the five listeners we had that listened to the entire Craig Bracken's interview with the metronome in the, in the background, there's no good way for you to listen
0: to that. Good for uh, you. They,
1: I checked there. We had five listeners before we downloaded it. I now,
0: listened to it for one whole second. And I was like, what the fuck is this noise? <laughs>
1: yeah good good thing we didn't actually advertise that until we got it figured out so that that's um that's a little sneak preview into the shit show that is the outside of the lines podcast producing so (laughs) all right well thank you for making it this far if you have made it this far and we are going to close with none other than a spot or a a a, a sponsorship plug jesus What does this episode come to? Oh my
0: gosh! This one's bad. Please head
1: on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Please, this, this one's this, a rough one.
0: You can review this episode poorly if you want.
1: You you can Actually, go no, ahead no, and give no, us that's a, a thumbs not good for the down. algorithm. Actually, we need help in the algorithm. That would be really bad. Yeah. We do need help. Just okay, DM us so.
0: and be like, "This was shit," and then we'll bet you Gregory. guys suck. Yeah.
1: We all deserve it,
0: Just especially like, Liam. Down. We probably won't
1: even listen to this. Yeah. Give us a big thumbs down. Okay, that's okay. Just go to BNC's Fieldhouse. Sponsor our boy Ben. Don't sponsor our boy Ben. We're sponsoring yeah. them. Jesus yeah. Christ!
0: No, no, no. Ben sponsoring right. us.
1: Ben sponsoring us. We're not us. sponsoring
0: BNC. It's not like we're like, hey. We're ben.
1: talking, being idiots.
0: Yeah. You're, that's what. Yeah. That's
1: our job. We talk. We are. We become stupid. You guys become stupider from listening to us. Ben sponsors us, and in turn, we all
0: watch go to AJ's sports, football, and, and enjoy some great beverages.
1: something like that. All right. Thank you guys for making this far. Roll clones.
0: Roll clones, baby.